Spartans 52, Akron Zip 0. We are 2-0 after two weeks. Life is pretty good in East Lansing, but there's still some things we might be a little worried about. We get to it all here, all the good, all the maybe not so good here on Locked on Spartans. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My Spartan friends, my Spartan family, how on earth is your start to the week? I hope it's pretty good. I mean, we're celebrating a Spartan victory, a no-doubt victory, that is. Uh, but before getting into any of that, before going any further, hey, it's got a shout-out, Underdog Fantasy. That's right, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 Dollars, Gang, thank you so much for kicking off your week with us here at Lockdown Spartans. That's right, I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and we will be guiding you through what happened in Saturday's game here for the next 30 minutes. We're going to go through the highs, because when you win 52-0, to zero, there's going to be a good amount of highs, but also, hey, some things just don't seem 100% right, but let's just talk about that right now, because I got to say... There is something funny to be said about uh, Spartans win 52-0. It was an absolute sleeper of a game, a laugher of the game. Everyone got to play. Heck, I'm sure even you may have played on Saturday. That's how much they emptied the bench. But at the end of the day, some fans are walking away being like, "Uh, no, that didn't really sit right with me. There's some things to be concerned about, which, dang it, that's how you know that you have made it as a fan base right there. When you're winning games 52-0, when you are shutting teams out, when you get your widest margin of victory in quite some time, and we're still a little upset, that's how you know you've made that leap to being a serious fan base right there. That's right, we're demanding greatness out of our team. If they're not chopping enough, well, we're going to let them hear about it. But no, in, in reality, yes. Good win for Michigan State. They took care of business. Uh, Covered the spread, too, for those that like to dabble in that sort of thing. But there are some things that, okay, well, we're going on the road to Washington next week. And, yeah, we played two MAC opponents. A lot of things look good. But, boy, the things that look bad are a little more glaring. So, yes, I laugh at the whole, like, oh, my God, that's crazy that fans are maybe a little concerned about a few things. But, look, you guys are justified in thinking that. And I'm thinking some of it, too. I don't know. We're going to hold each other's hands and walk through it all together. We're going to get through the things that concern us in the second segment, but we're going to make a, a good good news sandwich is what we'll call it. We'll start with everything good from Saturday. So second segment will be the things we're concerned about, maybe a quarterback, maybe pass coverage, who's to say? And then the third segment, we're going to get to what has you guys excited about the rest of the season as well. So let's let's get to the game right now, right? Um, again, 52-0. And best of all, we are not Notre Dame fans. We we are not Texas A&M fans. And my God, oh my God, we are not Nebraska fans. Whoa, boy. Uh, so yeah, really a great Saturday right there. Uh, we get an easy win, and we avoid the murderers row that was happening all around the rest of the country right there. Um, let, let's just go back to what we talked about on Friday's preview show here, when it was Spartans versus Zips. The, the spread was 34 and a half or something gaudy like that because, well, Vegas and a lot of us knew that a beatdown was going to be coming. But why was the beatdown going to come? It, it was the battle of our strengths 
versus Akron's weaknesses. Okay, so let's talk about the three battles there and how they did. Okay, so we talked about MSU's run game against Akron's horrific run defense. Okay, check. Uh, Jarek Bassard, Jalen Berger, hey, even Eli Collins got to eat a little bit on Saturday. Uh, MSU's pass rush against Akron's pretty brutal offensive line. Okay, check. Uh, five sacks. You were popping DJ Irons for you know whenever he was in the game, that quarter and a half that he was in there. But yeah, that was a completely lopsided battle. And the third strength versus weakness um, was MSU's passing attack against Akron's uh, pass defense. We're going to get to that in the second segment here. Uh, but hey, two out of three, you completely dominated the Zips, and that's something to feel good about. What we also talked about Friday, too, is that Look, in reality, this isn't a game that you're going to get a lot of new takeaways from, you know. I, it was probably more so a game of just reaffirmations, you know, just reaffirming things that we already knew. Like, for example, um, okay, I, I feel that we can double down our opinions on feeling really good about the pass rush. Uh, that starts with Jacoby Winman. Also, a Maverick Hansen had himself a wonderful game on Saturday as well. But, yeah, we, look... We, we knew the pass rush was going to be strong this year, but after two games, yes, against MAC opponents, you're feeling like it is going to be a legitimate strength moving forward. So that was one reaffirmation. And the other one that we saw, too, is, yeah, that the, the run game is going to be okay. No, we do not have Kenneth Walker anymore. And it's impossible to fill his shoes. I, again, I'll say this every time I mention his name this season. Tough to replace the best running back in the nation from a season ago. But how do you get close to doing so? Jared Prasard and Jalen Berger seem to be worth the hype that they were given going into the season. I Wouldn't you say? Again, again, I, I, want, I want to tap on the brakes right now. It is Akron. Akron's run defense is horrible. But still, you even go back to the Western game, and both guys look pretty solid. And I was actually talking with my brother today, and he said, well, what guy do you like more, Berger or Broussard? And I kind of just short-circuited. I kind of just didn't say anything, because the only answer I can muster up is the one that's on the field. Like, And that's the best part about it, too, is that both guys you feel really confident with on the field, but for very different reasons. And I can't help but to harken back to the days of Javon Ringer and Jehu Kolkrick. Maybe I'm dating myself there with that reference. Uh, if you're a younger listener, you know, that's really a old, oh, Matt's telling us about the days of yore. Uh, but hopefully that uh, enough people that watch and listen to this uh, remember Javon Ringer, the lightning, to Jehu Kolkrick's thunder. That's what we have with Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard right here. Two guys that you could use interchangeably, feel really good about them. But again, we already knew that we could feel confident about the run game going into the Akron game. And now we're leaving with just reaffirmation that, okay, yeah, run game is nothing to worry about. That's good. Now, with that said, um, we said that there weren't going to be a lot of takeaways here. And there aren't a lot of takeaways, but there are some. There are some. Let's get to them right now. And I, I put these in a bucket on my notes. I actually just have it titled, What Was Nice? You know, like, what was nice to see on Saturday? And the first thing is, hey, so far the offensive line is looking solid. Um, again, I, I will slam on the brakes again. It is two MAC teams, but if you remember what we talked about all last week, and the week before that, really, Western Michigan is going to have one of the better defenses in the MAC total. Yes, it is a group of five division, but hey, 
Western was a solid, solid defense. And the offensive line held up pretty good against the Broncos. They held up really well against Akron as well. So I'm feeling good about the offensive line because that was, if not the first storyline head in the season, it was the second one. And right now, knock on wood, so far so good. The offensive line seems to be uh, quite adequate. Again, the, the, the biggest test comes this upcoming Saturday, but so far, so good. They've done their job and have performed how you'd want them to perform against two MAC opponents. Also, what was nice, uh, Kendall Brooks. Hey, talk about passing your first test at, at with the first start that you get at safety this year. Uh, seven tackles, three solo tackles, and that's just something that Michigan State did well across the board all day Saturday is that there weren't a lot of of Zips plays that got extended after contact. You know, clean tackling all around the board for Michigan State. And Kendall Brooks is one of the guys that uh, headlined that great tackling performance. Also, second week in a row I'm going to say this because uh, I got to hype this guy up, especially after the year he had last year. Uh-oh. Uh, Chester Kimbra looks great at slot corner. Uh, he looks really comfortable there. So looking forward to his big test coming up this Saturday against a Power 5 team as well. Also, Jack Stone's field goal looked look good. That, that looked natural. And look, when we're going to Washington this Saturday, and the spread right now is anywhere between a pick'em or Michigan State one-point underdogs, okay, field goal kicking might have to make a difference here this Saturday. So, yes, the first week didn't go well. The one that was beyond 40 yards kind of knuckled and missed the net entirely. But no, it, it was almost like a different kid kicked the ball on Saturday because that was down Main Street. That was a no-doubter. Just like the guy who kicked the Buick field goal challenge field goal between the third and fourth quarter. I was not at the game, but I got a text from my dad just as elated as I've ever gotten a text from anyone saying that the Buick field goal challenge guy drilled the 30 or 40 yard field goal whatever it is between the third and fourth quarter so just have to shout that gentleman out really quick and then last but not least hey it, nice to see number 24 back in the end zone again Eli Collins getting some run here late in the game will it continue the rest of the season I, I would highly doubt it but awesome that you know he got the opportunity to eat against the zips and find his way back in the end zone which is something that he was accustomed to doing uh, to start his career. So there you have it. Um, now, we will get to the uh, the doom and gloom side of the fan base here in a little bit. And, hey, I'm, I'm part of that, that fan base too. So, uh, yeah, let's just get to it. Let's talk about what maybe we don't like so far after two games. But first, I just need to talk to you fine folks about underdog fantasy. That's right, guys. I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's underdog fantasy and their pick'em game for college football. Just look for your favorite Spartans. Hey, okay, if you had Jalen Berger last weekend, odds are you did pretty okay. Or Jarek Broussard, yeah, you probably did okay in underdog fantasy. And because when you pick your Spartans, okay, you just have to pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower than the number in that week's game. And then you could win up to 20 times your money in a single night. How easy is that? How fun is that? How cool is it that uh, you, know, you just win 20 times your money? Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em slips. Get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. And it's simple to get started. 
Best of all, just head to underdogfantasy.com or download their nice app, sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's right, it's a free 100 smackaroos from Underdog Fantasy. Deposit $100, get $100 for free. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. And as we get back into the show, talk about Saturday's game. Hey, just want to thank you all for making Locked on Spartans your first listen or watch if you are a YouTube viewer every single day. Hey, smash that subscribe button, leave a review, comment below if you're watching on YouTube, and uh, let us know if we're a little too extreme here with, well, what we're concerned about after two games here. And so what I did after the game, this was Sunday morning, I sent a tweet out, two questions. What, What excites you the most for the rest of the season coming up? And what still concerns you for the rest of the season coming up? And, look, I did something similar last week after the Western Michigan game. Um, you know, give me your biggest takeaway. And I said, oh, so-and-so wrote this. So-and-so wrote that. Everyone pretty much wrote down the same two things. So I'm not going to single out who wrote what about what concerns them. And you could probably guess what the two concerns are. The first one is, and it's, it's kind of funny, the, the defense. And that is a ridiculous thing to say after they just shut a team out and then forced, what was it, four fumble recoveries or whatever it is. But it's a subgenre in the defense, and that would be, of course, the pass coverage or what was happening when DJ Irons, Akron starting quarterback, was still in the game. And when that was a thing, when he was still in the game, he, my man was moving the ball at will against uh, Michigan State. That got me, like, a little uneasy. To start the game, look, I never thought there would be any doubt MSU was going to win that game, but uh, DJ Irons was just walking them down the field uh, for that first quarter. And that's kind of alarming, right? And look, I, I get it's just one game, okay, second game of the season, but here's the thing. I think a lot of us are kind of scarred with what happened last season where, okay, for the first half of the season, we're huh, wow, we're, we're doing a lot of bend, don't break, aren't we? But okay, it's it's working, and then eventually, uh-oh, it's not working at all, and now, okay, it, it, it all hurts. Ohio State's up 79-0. to It's not even the end of the first quarter. I, you get what I'm saying, is that we're seeing a lot of the things that we saw last year. The soft coverage, the giving up the eight-yard routes just to, you know, bring, bring them down at the nine-yard mark. But I, I think I speak for a lot of people here when I say I feel a lot more comfortable with press coverage, perhaps. And that's the thing. It's like you have the pass rush that can allow you to play more aggressive secondary defense. I, I digress. I'm just, I'm just the guy with a microphone and a YouTube channel. I'm not a paid professional coach, but that's, that's just my humble opinion. Is okay. You got the sick pass rush, let's press. Let's get into them a little bit here. But I, whatever. But yeah. So that's one concern that people had is that okay, the defense is still, you know, giving up those cushy eight yard routes or that you know DJ Irons, a mobile quarterback, was pretty mobile. Um, now, with that said, uh, he also got obviously beat up. He had to leave the game. But even before he left the game, just taking body blow after body blow after body blow. So I think eventually you know, he would have been worn down. And But hey, I, it, it did happen sooner than later, unfortunately, for him. And it is unfortunate, okay, obviously because you never root for injuries. You know, it, it sucks to see the kid had to leave the game. But also, like, I did just want a larger sample size to see how close Akron could have made it? Like, could would it have been even a little interesting if DJ Iron stayed in the game entirely? Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. But yeah, 
Look, I, I get it. You had four or five fumble recoveries. I'm sorry, I don't know the um, answer at the top of my head. Oh, oh, here, we'll put it this way. You had a metric butt-ton of uh, fumbles uh, forced upon Akron, So, but that's, that's kind of tough to rely on. <laughs> every game, you can't go into every single game thinking that you're going to make your opponent cough the ball up five times, but hey, glad it, glad it happened Saturday because it made uh, life a lot uh, less stressful on Saturday. Now let's get to the big, the big elephant in the room here. And maybe I just waited this long because, yes, I'm a Peyton Thorne fan. I uh, am actually slowly turning into a Peyton Thorne apologist now because I have to admit, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm not uh, too inspired by what we've seen after two games. Now, with that said, I just said it. Two games, okay? It's still a small sample size. It's still two games. And last week, okay, I, I lofted some excuses out there as to maybe why he didn't perform extraordinary against Western. Hey, at the end of the day, still four touchdowns, but just a 50% completion percentage. I said, hey, we're, we're all banging off rust here, aren't we? Like this, It has been a months, months, months long break between the last game. Everyone gets a little rusty. He has new weapons he's trying to build chemistry with. He's playing against his dad, and that could probably rattle a kid a little bit. Now, after the Akron game, i got to say, I don't have a ton of excuses left to use for him. Um, I don't know how you miss Keon Coleman that much, uh, to be quite frank. Keon's a hard target to miss, and unfortunately, he was missed one too many times for comfort after that game. And obviously, it didn't mean anything. You still won by 52 points. But, yeah, with Washington waiting for you at their home stadium, you would hope Peyton Thorne would be a little more polished. But, why listen to th what I have to say about Peyton Thorne? Let's just talk, uh, or let's just see what Peyton Thorne had to say about Peyton Thorne because he spoke to the media after the game and he was grilled on some, you know, reasonably, you know, not not tough questions. It's not like the New York media was lighting him on fire. They were legitimate questions and Thorne is a great leader. I think he's great at the press conferences. He owned everything. He was the only guy who he blamed. Uh, he actually gave a nod to his offensive line as well, gave a nod to the run game, said they all did great and called his play, quote, unacceptable. Yes, that is the word he used to describe his play. Unacceptable. No, he's not making excuses for himself. No, he's not scapegoating anyone else. No, he's not dancing around it. He knows that this is not up to his potential and that he has a lot better football in him. So for him to use the word unacceptable, I believe two or three times in the press conference actually, that lets you know that, yeah, the kid's not stupid. He, he knows that things aren't completely right either. And so, obviously, you can point to the two interceptions as to what happened and, okay, why are we all a little on edge about the quarterback play. First interception, the way he walked everyone through it uh, at the press conference is that actually Akron threw him a blitz that he's never seen before. He thought it was going to be one blitz, one that they practiced uh, the day before, ended up being something completely exotic, something that the Zips have never shown on film, and that's how he got switched up and threw the interception. Again, that, that's not absolving him from the turnover. That's just him walking through why it happened. Again, it doesn't make it better, but hey, at least we have a reason. Now, for the second one, off the flea flicker, he admitted that he didn't even really see who was downfield when he was trying to sling the ball to Keon Coleman and admitted that, yeah, that probably just should have been a, uh, a either tuck it and run or tuck it and take the sack. Yeah, uh, yeah. so that, that's where we're at with the two interceptions. That's his explanations for both. And also, too, he has been airmailing some passes as well, throwing over guys. Um, 
and that's not that that that's been kind of well, the the thorn in his side. If I could use a, a pun, I didn't mean to make until the words left my mouth. Anyway, he says that everything starts with his feet. Right, he's gonna go back look at film. Maybe his footwork is a, a little off, and maybe that's why he's sailing his throws. But also too that he is quote pissed off because he's never had this problem before. He said he's never had an issue where he's overthrowing guys. So. That also concerns me a little bit, too, is that this isn't a, a problem that he's had before that he maybe knows the fix immediately. But also, again, the other edge of that sword is that Thorne is a smart kid, right? I, he's shown it time and time again that he can get things right, so this could be another example of that. So, I look, if you want my opinion, uh, and hey, if you tuned into this, thank you very much for doing so. Maybe you do want my opinion, but I think he's missing Kenneth Walker a little more than we might realize, and that's for two reasons. The one is the X's and O's reason, and it's because Kenneth Walker, his presence, let play action pass, you know, just that opened up the playbook to so many play action opportunities, and he absolutely killed it in play action last year. So, and maybe MSU hasn't opened up their full playbook yet, and that could be another issue as well, but I think that Kenneth not there for the play action hurts, and also, maybe it's a mental thing too, is that Kenneth Walker's not there, the guy of last year is not there, and Peyton Thorne knows he has to be the guy this year. So maybe he's pressing a little bit. And he almost said as much on Saturday too in that press conference because he said that maybe the issue too with the overthrows is that he's trying too hard to just pinpoint the pass perfect. He's not, quote, ripping it is the term that he used. Like he's just doing too much. And I think that maybe that there's a level of pressure here that he knows that, okay, he's got the weapons around him. The weight of MSU football is on his shoulders, and that might be too heavy right now. But guys can fix that. He's got to realize that just play your game. Be you. You don't have to be anything extraordinary that you're not. Because, hey, the original Peyton Thorne that we all grew to love last year is good enough to get things done. I think he's pressing too hard. I think he's maybe got a little too much pressure on his head and he's got to realize that, hey, just, just just be Peyton, baby. Just just be Peyton. You don't have to be Bryce Young. You don't have to be Josh Allen if I could borrow a pro quarterback. Just just be you. Just just relax and be you. We say it. We see it all the time. See it all the time, especially yeah, if I could cross sports and college basketball. Big man on campus leaves. Okay, that guy that was behind him or, you know, the next rising star really starts to press too much and oh my god they're doing way too much and now everything's so discombobulated and then they have a chat with Tom Izzo and Tom Izzo says son you just need to play basketball the way you play it Izzo just needs to talk to Peyton Thorne I think I just solved the problem Izzo just needs to talk to Peyton Thorne say son just be you out there don't overdo it because when you overdo it you start to throw the ball all over the yard and that's not what we're looking for especially as we head to Washington all right we are going to end this show on positives here but first I just need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn that's right you already know what LinkedIn is it is the greatest job searching social media platform out there and as you gear up for fall you need the right people on your team to help your small businesses fire on all cylinders and LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free that's right if it's free it's for me create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire 
Simple tools like screen questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why uh, cannot talk. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And let's get to it here. What ha- what's got everyone excited? You know, we just went through the, okay, the two things that might have us concerned. Let's end this show on a high note. Let's get into the rest of our Monday, or whatever day you're listening to this. Let's get into the rest of the day with some good vibes here. Because the, the first question I asked on Twitter was, what's got you excited for the rest of the season? Two games down, at least 10 to go. What's going to keep you tuning in every Saturday? So here's some good answers right here. Uh, Sparty Llama hit the nail on the head right here with Mel is building a well-rounded athletic machine that plays hard. And G-Money wrote, Essentially the same thing. This team seems more athletic than recent years with big hits on defense and speed and pop on the offense. And this just goes to show how quick of work Mel Tucker did in shaping up this roster precisely how he wants it. I'm Everything that we just named, pop on offense, hitting hard on defense, speed everywhere. Okay, that's SEC DNA. And that's winning football in college football. I know there's a lot of SEC haters out there. I'm not one of them because, look, they're the cream of the crop in football, and they're like that because of the athletes they have on the field. And how do you do that? Okay, you do it by recruiting, right? Uh, Yeah, it goes without saying that, yeah, you want to build it up from your grassroots, the recruiting, but also when that's not going to do the job fast enough, you go out and you get transfers, and look, Mel has killed it in the portal. He did it the first year. He's now done it a second year. I know we're just two games in, but safe to say, done an okay job. You got, you got, yeah, got guys like Daniel Barker, Jalen Berger, Jarek Broussard on offense, Jacoby Winman on defense, Aaron Brule on defense. Yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker does not need kids' gloves when it comes to building a roster. He has an eye for a certain talent, and now we get to see it every Saturday. And I, it's just crazy juxtapositioning this roster, this personnel, to what MSU had like three years ago. Four years ago, I mean, these guys are, they look like athletic freaks in comparison to some of those later year D'Antonio, te- D'Antonio teams, and it's it's paying off in spades right now. Um, another one, Alex said, what excites me is that all of the Big Ten looks beatable. Now, I like that moxie from Alex, because I got to say, like, Penn State, okay, they, they look pretty solid, actually, in my opinion. Uh, the secondary for them looks pretty great. Ohio State... I could talk myself into them being beatable because, boy, howdy, does that win against Notre Dame not really mean anything now. I mean, Marshall took care of Notre Dame almost easier than the Buckeyes did. So, yeah, I could spin zone on that no problem. And then uh, also, hey, Michigan didn't cover the spread against Hawaii, who was horrible. Now, with this said, uh, I would. No, yeah, 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 sorry, I had to pause because I had to think if I actually mean this. I do mean this. I would drain my whole 401k to be able to play in the Big Ten West because they're terrible. I I don't know how the MAC just hasn't absorbed the Big Ten West. Look, you have Iowa who, hey, guns blazing on offense there, seven whole points this time. Good, good job, Hawkeyes. Uh, Nebraska goes without saying. Now, Minnesota, okay, they, they look okay. We're going to see how okay they look in two weeks in East Lansing. But, God, is, is the Big Ten West not the most pathetic group of athletic teams that you've seen in sports, 
Not even college sports, just professional sports, high school sports. Regardless, um, yeah, hey, so if MSU can get to the Big Ten West by the end of the season, I'd feel really good about this year. Um, Kyle C. writes, uh, talent at skill positions on offense, it's an embarrassment of riches. And that is bang on. And also, too, to go to last segment, a lot of people had this sentiment is that, yeah, hey, the offense is loaded, but it doesn't matter if you can't get them the ball necessarily. Now, uh, hey, look, it's easy to get Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger the ball. You just got to hand it to them. How hard is that to do? But, yes, having guys like Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, Jeremy Bernard, Daniel Barker, Trey Mosley, if I could shout out my favorite receiver, uh, doesn't matter if we're sending it over their heads. But, again, Peyton Thorne is a guy that can fix this quickly because we've seen him do it before. Now, while I get really, really nervous if this Saturday happens and, uh uh-oh, he has another dud game, yeah, I think I'm going to be on DEFCON 2 if that happens. Right now, I'm only on DEFCON 4. I'm just just worried, just a little worried, but nothing too extreme. If, If things go completely sideways in Washington and Thorne's a big reason for that because he couldn't find these dynamic weapons that he is surrounded by, then yeah, then we're going to be in what we call uh Uh-Ohsville. That's right. That's right outside of Whoopsie County. Uh, All right. I'm starting to lose my mind here, guys. Uh, Jameson writes in, the speed we have and depth that's seen the field is... uh, Sorry. Hold on. The speed we have and depth that's seen the field with getting quality reps could pay dividends later in the year. And a lot of people mention that as well. It's just like the depth that Michigan State has as well. And I really feel it on both sides of the ball too, which is very important. Especially too, it it helps when okay, you also have massive depth at some of the skill positions you're already best at. Like defensive line has got some great depth behind it. Hey, Derek Harmon got a nice little, uh, a few plays of action in there. Maverick Hanson, we already shouted him out. But yeah, that's great to have that. And okay, running back, that's another position too. You love your first guy almost as much as you love your second guy. Receiver, okay, you're laced with talent everywhere. So, yeah, it's again, this has been a great roster build by Mel Tucker in a quick amount of time. Let's remember that as well via recruiting, via the portal. So, yeah, absolutely positively feeling great about the depth all over the field. And to take us home, Kyle's got one. Defense looks to be improved. Brooks and Winman have uh, been defensive monsters. Time will obviously tell with above average competition, though. And that's a great way to end the show because, hey, this is the test coming up this Saturday. And we will be talking about it all week. Uh, We're going to talk with someone from the Dog Pound. That's the SB Nation blog for Washington Huskies. Get a full rundown on what on earth is going over there in Seattle as well. We also got our guy Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports joining us tomorrow. I'm going to ask him some questions and see if we're overreacting or, hey, if maybe some of our worries or excitement is as justified as we think it is. And, hey, look, if there's ever news on anything green and white, you know where to find us. Locked on Spartans. We're, We're doing this five days a week. Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for giving us the listen, making us your first listen, your first watch. Thanks a lot for sticking through this too, even though I've stumbled over about 15 words. I, Yeah, but hey, you know what? Long weekend. What are you going to do? We're going to power through. That's what we're going to do because we're Spartans and all we do so far this season is win by chopping and powering through. All right, guys, you are the best. Thank you so much. Love you all. Go enjoy your week. Go green.